0: And now, Crew Military presents The Bible Live with Soapy Dollar.
1: The Bible, the most unique book in all of human history. It claims to be divine in origin, and it delivers a message that, if true, affects every human being on the planet Earth, in this life, and in whatever awaits us when this life is over. The Bible is unique in its survival. Over the past 2,000 years, no other book has been subjected to the intense scrutiny that the Bible has endured. Generations of linguists, historians, and archaeologists have explored the details of the Bible's production and tested the accuracy of its transmission to us today. Critics and foes have come and gone. Problems have been raised and solved. And still the Bible stands, totally alone in the degree of its historical accuracy and reliability. The Bible is also unique in foretelling future events. The Old Testament alone contains over 2,000 specific predictions about people, cities, nations, and empires, predictions made hundreds of years before being perfectly fulfilled in history. The Bible is unique in its influence. It's been called the fountainhead of Western civilization and is by far the most quoted text in America's founding documents. Millions of men, women, and children from every station and walk of life have felt the liberating, redeeming power of this book of books, and their changed lives have changed the world and the course of history. The Bible Live with Soapy Dollar is your opportunity to hear this unique book, the entire Bible, every year. Now, here's the host of The Bible
0: Live, Soapy Dollar. And we are here... getting right on into our topic for the evening because we have little time. We are reading chapters 16 through 19 in the book of 2 Kings, deep into the stories now of the kings and the queen, one queen in all of this mix of Israel, the 10 tribes of the north, and Judah in the south. We'll be picking up in chapter 16 tonight where we left off very soon here, we'll be coming to the young king Josiah in his life with Ahaz ruling in Judah, who does not do what is pleasing to the Lord. This is now when Aram, their strength and power begins to wane, and Assyria, with their capital in Nineveh, begins to grow stronger and stronger. They are the ones you remember, the Assyrians who took the tribes of the north, the ten tribes of the north, into exile. When we come back after our wisdom and worship segment, I'm going to talk to you a little bit about the historical flow of the books of the Old Testament. I hope you're being able to catch a sense of the flow. The New Testament's a little easier for us in a way. It's simpler. The whole thing covers perhaps 60, 70-year period of time. The Old Testament, sometimes we just get totally blown away by how it's organized and what happens and how do you follow it. There is a simple, straightforward design and flow to the books of the Old Testament. It's, It's longer, bigger, 39 books, but you can do it. And I'm going to help talk a little bit about the flow of the Old Testament books catching us up as to where we are right now in these books of history called First and Second Samuel, First and Second Kings, and First and Second Chronicles. We'll explain those, and of course, we go through them every year, and so you'll get a chance to really begin to get the flow, not only the flow but you begin to see the process and the purpose and the plan of God as you catch the whole working of God. It begins in Genesis chapter 12 and starts working with this man named Abraham and then works with him and his family and his descendants and finally the nation of Israel. Right now, though, let's go to our Wisdom and Worship segment. Let's jump into the book of the Psalms. We're going to be reading Psalm 75 tonight, another Psalm of Asaph. Because God is the final judge, the tables will be turned upon the wicked. When arrogant people threaten our security, we can be confident... The God will ultimately overrule. Psalm 75 We thank you, O God. We give thanks because you are near. People everywhere tell of your mighty miracle. God says, At the time I have planned, I will bring justice against the wicked. When the earth quakes and its people live in turmoil, I am the one who keeps its foundations firm. I warned the proud, Stop your boasting. I told the wicked, Don't raise your fists. Don't lift your fists in defiance at the heavens or speak with rebellious arrogance. For no one on earth, from east or west, or even from the wilderness, can raise another person up. It is God alone who judges. He decides who will rise and who will fall. For the Lord holds a cup in his hand. It is full of foaming wine mixed with spices. He pours the wine out in judgment, and all the wicked must drink it, draining it to the dregs. But as for me, I will always proclaim what God has done. I will sing praises to the God of Israel. For God says, I will cut off the strength of the wicked, but I will increase the power of the godly. End of reading, Psalm 75.
1: Is the Bible live with Sophie Dodd?
0: <laughs> Worthy is the lamb. And we are back to Bible Live just one quick minute before we get into our reading tonight. Look in the book of Genesis. It talks about the whole human race, talks about the universal flood and all of that. But by the time you get to chapter 12, already you're into the story of Abraham and Isaac and Jacob. And you begin to follow them Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy have to do with the establishment of the people of Israel. We end with them being out of Egypt and into the wilderness 40 years. And then with Joshua, Judges, and Ruth, you talk about the time of the conquest, the time of the Judges, that 325-year period. Then you transition with Samuel to the time of the kings. And that's what we are in now, the time of the kings. Ahaz rules in Judah. 2 Kings 16.1-19.4 2 Kings sixteen. Ahaz, son of Jotham, began to rule over Judah in the 17th year of King Pekah's reign in Israel. Ahaz was 20 years old when he became king, and he reigned in Jerusalem 16 years. He did not do what was pleasing in the sight of the Lord his God, as his ancestor David had done. Instead, he followed the example of the kings of Israel, even sacrificing his own son in the fire. He imitated the detestable practices of the pagan nations the Lord had driven from the land ahead of the Israelites. He offered sacrifices and burned incense at the pagan shrines and on the hills and under every green tree. Then King Rezin of Aram and King Pekah of Israel declared war on Ahaz. They besieged Jerusalem but did not conquer it. At that time the king of Edom recovered the town of Eloth for Edom. He drove out the people of Judah and sent Edomites to live there, as they do to this day. King Ahaz sent messengers to King tiglath pileser of Assyria with this message, I am your servant and your vassal. Come up and rescue me from the attacking armies of Aram and Israel. Then Ahaz took the silver and gold from the temple of the Lord and the palace treasury and sent it as a gift to the Assyrian king. So the Assyrians attacked the Aramean capital of Damascus and led its population away as captives, resettling them in Kerr. They also killed King Rezin. King Ahaz then went to Damascus to meet with King tiglath pileser of Assyria. While he was there, he noticed an unusual altar. So he sent a model of the altar to Uriah the priest, along with its design in full detail. Uriah built an altar just like it by following the king's instructions, and it was ready for the king when he returned from Damascus. When the king returned, he inspected the altar and made offerings on it the king presented a burnt offering and a grain offering poured a drink offering over it and sprinkled the blood of the peace offerings on it then king ahaz removed the old bronze altar from the front of the lord's temple which had stood between the entrance and the new altar and placed it on the north side of the new altar he said to uriah the priest use the new altar for the morning sacrifices of burnt offering the evening grain offering, the king's burnt offering and grain offering, and the offerings of the people, including their drink offerings. The blood from the burnt offerings and sacrifices should be sprinkled over the new altar. The old bronze altar will be only for my personal use. Uriah the priest did just as King Ahaz instructed him. Then the king removed the side panels and basins from the portable water carts he also removed the sea from the backs of the bronze oxen and placed it on the stone pavement in deference to the king of assyria he also removed the canopy that had been constructed inside the palace for use on the sabbath day as well as the king's outer entrance to the temple of the lord the rest of the events in ahaz's reign and his deeds are recorded in the book of the history of the kings of judah when Ahaz died, he was buried with his ancestors in the city of David. Then his son Hezekiah became the next king. This is the Bible lie with soapy dollar. Second Kings 17. Hoshea, son of Elah, began to rule over Israel in the twelfth year of King Ahaz's reign in Judah. He reigned in Samaria nine years. He did what was evil in the Lord's sight, but not as much as the kings of Israel who ruled before him king Shalmaneser of assyria attacked and defeated king hoshea so israel was forced to pay heavy annual tribute to assyria then hoshea conspired against the king of assyria by asking king so of egypt to help him shake free of assyria's power and by refusing to pay the annual tribute to assyria when the king of assyria discovered this treachery he arrested him and put him in prison for his rebellion then the king of assyria invaded the entire land and for three years he besieged samaria Finally, in the ninth year of King Hoshea's reign, Samaria fell, and the people of Israel were exiled to Assyria. They were settled in colonies in Halah, along the banks of the Habor River in Gozan, and among the cities of the Medes. This disaster came upon the nation of Israel because the people worshipped other gods, sinning against the Lord their God, who had brought them safely out of their slavery in Egypt. They had imitated the practices of the pagan nations the Lord had driven from the land before them, as well as the practices the kings of Israel had introduced. The people of Israel had also secretly done many things that were not pleasing to the Lord their God. They built pagan shrines for themselves in all their towns, from the smallest outpost to the largest walled city. They set up sacred pillars and Asherah poles at the top of every hill and under every green tree. They burned incense at the shrines, just like the nations the Lord had driven from the land ahead of them. So the people of Israel had done many evil things, arousing the Lord's anger. Yes, they worshipped idols, despite the Lord's specific and repeated warnings. Again and again the Lord had sent His prophets and seers to warn both Israel and Judah, "'Turn from all your evil ways!' Obey my commands and laws, which are contained in the whole law that I commanded your ancestors, in which I gave you through my servants the prophets. But the Israelites would not listen. They were as stubborn as their ancestors, and refused to believe in the Lord their God. They rejected his laws and the covenant he had made with their ancestors, and they despised all his warnings. They worshipped worthless idols and became worthless themselves. They followed the example of the nations around them, disobeying the Lord's command not to imitate them. They defied all the commands of the Lord their God and made two calves from metal. They set up an Asherah pole and worshipped Baal and all the forces of heaven. They even sacrificed their own sons and daughters in the fire. They consulted fortune tellers and used sorcery and sold themselves to evil, arousing the Lord's anger. And because the Lord was angry, he swept them from his presence. Only the tribe of Judah remained in the land. But even the people of Judah refused to obey the commands of the Lord their God. They walked down the same evil paths that Israel had established. So the Lord rejected all the descendants of Israel. He punished them by handing them over to their attackers until they were destroyed. For when the Lord tore Israel away from the kingdom of David, they chose Jeroboam son of Nebat as their king. Then Jeroboam drew Israel away from following the Lord and made them commit a great sin. And the people of Israel persisted in all the evil ways of Jeroboam. They did not turn from these sins of idolatry until the Lord finally swept them away, just as all his prophets had warned would happen. So Israel was carried off to the land of Assyria, where they remain to this day. This is the
1: Bible Live with Soapy Dollar.
0: And the king of Assyria transported groups of people from Babylon, Cuthah, Ava, Hamath, and Sepharvaim, and resettled them in the towns of Samaria, replacing the people of Israel. So the Assyrians took over Samaria and the other towns of Israel. But since these foreign settlers did not worship the Lord when they first arrived, the Lord sent lions among them to kill some of them. So a message was sent to the king of Assyria. The people whom you have resettled in the towns of Israel do not know how to worship the god of the land. He has sent lions among them to destroy them because they have not worshipped him correctly. The king of Assyria then commanded, Send one of the exiled priests from Samaria back to Israel. Let him teach the new residents the religious customs of the god of the land. So one of the priests who had been exiled from Samaria returned to Bethel and taught the new residents how to worship the Lord. But these various groups of foreigners also continued to worship their own gods. In town after town where they lived, they placed their idols at the pagan shrines that the people of Israel had built. Those from Babylon worshipped idols of their god Sukoth Benoth. Those from Cuthah worshipped their god Nergal. And those from Hamath worshipped Ashima. The Avites worshipped their gods, Nibas and Tartak. And the people from Sepharvaim even burned their own children as sacrifices to Adramalek and Anamalek. These new residents worshipped the Lord. But they appointed from among themselves priests to offer sacrifices at the pagan shrines. And though they worshipped the Lord, they continued to follow the religious customs of the nations from which they came. And this is still going on among them today. They followed their former practices instead of truly worshiping the Lord and obeying the laws, regulations, instructions, and commands He gave the descendants of Jacob, whose name He changed to Israel. For the Lord had made a covenant with the descendants of Jacob and commanded them, Do not worship any other gods, or bow before them, or serve them, or offer sacrifices to them. Worship only the Lord, who brought you out of Egypt with such mighty miracles and power. You must worship Him and bow before Him, offer sacrifices to Him alone. Be careful to obey all the laws, regulations, instructions, and commands that He wrote for you. You must not worship any other gods. Do not forget the covenant I made with you, and do not worship other gods. You must worship only the Lord your God. He is the one who will rescue you from all your enemies. But the people would not listen, and continued to follow their old ways. So while these new residents worshipped the Lord, they also worshipped their idols. And to this day their descendants do the same. This is the Bible lie with Soapy Dollar. Second Kings 18 Hezekiah, son of Ahaz, began to rule over Judah in the third year of King Hoshea's reign in Israel. He was 25 years old when he became king, and he reigned in Jerusalem 29 years. His mother was Abijah, the daughter of Zechariah. He did what was pleasing in the Lord's sight, just as his ancestor David had done. He removed the pagan shrine, smashed the sacred pillars, and knocked down the Asherah poles. He broke up the bronze serpent that Moses had made because the people of Israel had begun to worship it by burning incense to it. The bronze serpent was called Nehushtan. Hezekiah trusted in the Lord, the God of Israel there was never another king like him in the land of judah either before or after his time he remained faithful to the lord in everything and he carefully obeyed all the commands the lord had given moses so the lord was with him and hezekiah was successful in everything he did he revolted against the king of assyria and refused to pay him tribute he also conquered the philistines as far distant as gaza and its territory from their smallest outpost to their largest walled city During the fourth year of Hezekiah's reign, which was the seventh year of King Hoshea's reign in Israel, King Shalmaneser of Assyria attacked Israel and began a siege on the city of Samaria. Three years later, during the sixth year of King Hezekiah's reign and the ninth year of King Hoshea's reign in Israel, Samaria fell. At that time, the king of Assyria deported the Israelites to Assyria and put them in colonies in Halah, along the banks of the Habor River in Gozan, and among the cities of the Medes. For they had refused to listen to the Lord their God. Instead, they had violated his covenant, all the laws the Lord had given through his servant Moses. In the fourteenth year of King Hezekiah's reign, King Sennacherib of Assyria came to attack the fortified cities of Judah and conquered them. King Hezekiah sent this message to the king of Assyria at Lachish, I have done wrong. I will pay whatever tribute money you demand if you will only go away. The king of Assyria then demanded a settlement of more than eleven tons of silver and about one ton of gold. To gather this amount, King Hezekiah used all the silver stored in the temple of the Lord and in the palace treasury. Hezekiah even stripped the gold from the doors of the Lord's temple and from the doorpost he had overlaid with gold, and he gave it all to the Assyrian king. Nevertheless, the king of Assyria sent his commander-in-chief, his field commander, and his personal representative from Lachish with a huge army to confront King Hezekiah in Jerusalem. The Assyrians stopped beside the aqueduct that feeds water into the upper pool near the road leading to the field where cloth is bleached. They summoned King Hezekiah, but the king sent these officials to meet with them. Eliakim, son of Hilkiah, the palace administrator, Shebna, the court secretary, and Joah, son of Asaph, the royal historian. This is the Bible live with Soapy Dollar. Then the Assyrian king's personal representative sent this message to King Hezekiah. This is what the great king of Assyria says. What are you trusting in that makes you so confident? Do you think that mere words can substitute for military skill and strength? Which of your allies will give you any military backing against Assyria? Will Egypt? If you lean on Egypt, you will find it to be a stick that breaks beneath your weight and pierces your hand. The Pharaoh of Egypt is completely unreliable. But perhaps you will say, we are trusting in the Lord our God. But isn't he the one who was insulted by King Hezekiah? Didn't Hezekiah tear down his shrines and altars and make everyone in Judah worship only at the altar here in Jerusalem? I'll tell you what, my master, the king of Assyria, will strike a bargain with you. If you can find 2,000 horsemen in your entire army, he will give you 2,000 horses for them to ride on. With your tiny army, how can you think of challenging even the weakest contingent of my master's troops, even with the help of Egypt's chariots and horsemen? What's more, do you think we have invaded your land without the Lord's direction? The Lord himself told us, go and destroy it then eliakim son of hilkiah shebna and joah said to the king's representative please speak to us in aramaic for we understand it well don't speak in hebrew for the people on the wall will hear but sennacherib's representative replied my master wants everyone in jerusalem to hear this not just you he wants them to know that if you do not surrender this city will be put under siege the people will become so hungry and thirsty that they will eat their own dung and drink their own urine Then he stood and shouted in Hebrew to the people on the wall. Listen to this message from the great king of Assyria. This is what the king says. Don't let King Hezekiah deceive you. He will never be able to rescue you from my power. Don't let him fool you into trusting in the Lord by saying, The Lord will rescue us. This city will never be handed over to the Assyrian king. Don't listen to Hezekiah. These are the terms the king of Assyria is offering. Make peace with me. Open the gates and come out. Then I will allow each of you to continue eating from your own garden and drinking from your own well. Then I will arrange to take you to another land like this one, a country with bountiful harvests of grain and wine, bread and vineyards, olive trees and honey, a land of plenty. Choose life instead of death. Don't listen to Hezekiah when he tries to mislead you by saying, the Lord will rescue us. Have the gods of any other nations ever saved their people from the king of Assyria? What happened to the gods of Hamath and Arpad? And what about the gods of Sepharvaim, Hena and Eva? Did they rescue Samaria from my power? What god of any nation has ever been able to save its people from my power? Name just one. So what makes you think that the Lord can rescue Jerusalem? But the people were silent and did not answer because Hezekiah had told them not to speak. Then Eliakim, son of Hilkiah, the palace administrator, Shebna, the court secretary, and Joah, son of Asaph, the royal historian, went back to Hezekiah. They tore their clothes in despair, and they went in to see the king and told him what the Assyrian representative had said. 2 Kings 19 When King Hezekiah heard their report, he tore his clothes and put on sackcloth and went into the temple of the Lord to pray. And he sent Eliakim, the palace administrator, Shebna, the court secretary, and the leading priests, all dressed in sackcloth, to the prophet Isaiah, son of Amoz. They told him, This is what King Hezekiah says, This is a day of trouble, insult, and disgrace. It is like when a child is ready to be born, but the mother has no strength to deliver it. But perhaps the Lord your God has heard the Assyrian representative defying the living God and will punish him for his words. Oh, pray for those of us who are left. End of reading. Second Kings sixteen one through nineteen four. Blessed is the
1: man who walks in your favor, who loves all your words and hides them like treasure.
0: You're listening to the Bible Live with Soapy Dollar.
1: Of his desperate heart, they are
0: alive. We now enter into this last phase of the people of Israel as they're moving both of them now toward judgment, toward destruction. After the split in 930, after the death of Solomon, Saul starts in 1050 B.C., David in 1010, and Solomon in 970. They were nice enough to have their reigns, last 40 years each and it makes it just a little easier at least to remember if you can find that right start off number 1050 then 1010 then to 970 and then to 930 in 930 bc the kingdom is divided now israel only lasts 209 years just a little over 200 years that they last they have 22 kings in that time period and i don't believe there's a single one of them that followed after the lord they got started badly under jeroboam with these golden calves and with this idol worship and they just went from bad to worse they had a very stormy 200 year period the power was moving away from israel under david and solomon down to egypt and then aram became the great power with their capital in damascus up on the mediterranean coast to the north of israel damascus came to power then it switches over to nineveh the assyrians come to power and they are very cruel very powerful They are the ones who we read about taking Israel, the northern ten tribes, taking them into exile in 722 B.C. That's one of those dates you want to remember in the Bible. There's some key dates that you want to remember, and that was one of them, when Israel in the north is conquered. And then, of course, Judah goes 136 more years. They last 345 years. And then they come to their Waterloo in 586 B.C. And we are walking now toward that. Hosea tonight is the last king of the north, of Samaria. And they fall prey to the Assyrians, as we read about tonight. (laughs) Wonderful passage tonight. So much in there. Hezekiah is amazing. He's a great man of God. His son and grandson don't follow the Lord, but then along comes Josiah, you know, many, many decades later. But what a remarkable thing that we've read about tonight in his prayer, in his commitment to God, uh, and how God uses a leader, someone who is willing to stand up for righteousness and name the name of God, walk the walk, not just talk the talk, how wonderfully God uses him to save off this time of judgment on the people of Judah, and these mighty miracles he does on their behalf as Hezekiah leads out and seeks the Lord's help. I'm thrilled to be able to be with you each and every evening like this as we make our way through the Scriptures. We'll pick up in chapter 19 of Second Kings next time on Bobby The Bible Life. Bob
1: with Sophie Dollar, the ministry of Campus Crusade for Christ. Sophie reads from the New Living Translation by Tyndale House Publishers. The Bible Live is dedicated to helping promote spiritual revival across America, and your financial support is needed to help keep the Bible live on the airwaves of your city. Please mail your tax-deductible gift to The Bible Live, Post Office Box 18888. That's The Bible Live, P.O. Box 18888, San Antonio, Texas 78218. You may also make credit card donations and materials purchases at the ministry website, thebiblelive.com. Now don't forget, join us each weekday at this time and on this station for The Bible Live with Sophie Dollar. Start today and in one year's time, we will read and respond together to the entire Bible. Let the most important word you hear each day be God's Word.